So welcome, everybody, to another edition of Beyond the Cover. I am your host, John Robb, joined here by my ever-gracious co-host, Jeff Ayers. Jeff, how you doing? Doing fantastic. I'm glad you're doing well as well. Yes. Uh, we are so excited to finally have back to the show uh, a good friend of ours, and she's New York Times bestselling author, Allison Brennan, and she's going to be talking about her book, The Third to Die, which comes out February 4th, uh, 2020. Uh, you'll be able to read that. She's actually got three books coming out in 2020, so we'll get a little bit into all of that. But we want to remind you that all of our shows are brought to you by Kensington Books, so please make sure you visit kensingtonbooks.com for more information. And of course, Suspense Magazine, and make sure you visit suspensemagazine.com for more information on that. So without any further ado, Jeff, are you ready to go? I am. I'm excited. All right. Let's grab a drink and... We'll say, Allison, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. And I love welcome, coming on the show. <laughs> welcome back. <laughs> thank good you. Good to have you back. Yes. Uh, it's been probably, I think, a little over a year that we've had you on, and, you know, you've been very busy. And now you have this new book coming out. It is going to be a mobile response team book number one, so it's first in a series. It's called The Third to Die. So why don't you tell us a little bit about what you got going on? Well, it's been a very busy year, and when at this book in particular, I came up with the idea a couple of years ago, and it was one of those things that anytime you're, I have a long-running series, my Lucid Kincaid series, but anytime you have a long-running series, you're thinking, okay, it's really hard to gain new readers because if you have write book 10 or book 15, nobody wants to start in the middle of the series. So I said, I want to come up with a new, fresh idea, something sort of go back to my roots and figure out what do I do well. Well, things I do well, I write really good crime thrillers and I write really good strong female characters. So I kind of came up with this mobile response team and said, hey, I'm going to do a new series. I'm also writing the Lucy books, but I want to do something a little different. So it's an ensemble cast. I have several characters that are main characters, and my goal is to like highlight different main characters in each book with, while still having your core, my core group of characters. Um, so that's kind of how I came up with it. It took me a while to write it because I was writing it on spec, which basically means I had to finish the whole book before we went out to publishers with it. So I like wrote a little bit between every book I was writing, and that's why it took me nearly a year to write the whole book which it never happened before. It doesn't usually take me a year to write a book. <laughs> well, how fast do you write? Um, I can write three books a year. Uh, that's, that's my comfort zone. If I get more than that, then I start to stress out a little bit. But it generally takes me um, eight to ten weeks to write my first draft and then about another four weeks to edit. That is amazing. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just well, I, I also write full time. I don't have a day job. Right. I was, you know, I I quit my day job in 2005, so I've been able to write full time. And the kids go to school, so it's not like they're underfoot. And I don't clean. I gave up cleaning, which is really, really. I strongly amen to that. that. Amen to that, sister. <laughs> so all I'm really responsible for is cooking, and I kind of trained my kids. You know, I taught them all how to cook so that if they're hungry, they know where to go to get food and how to prepare it. So to me, it's like a win-win. Damn, <laughs> I like that. 
Uh, so I, I was curious by the title of the new book, so it makes me wonder, who were the first two to die? Um, well, the first, so it's kind of the, the number three, the, okay, the, it goes back. <laughs> My original title was three because it, the serial Just the number three? Serial yeah. But okay. my publisher, there's a lot of reasons why they didn't like that. And I understand them. So it took us a while, but we came up with the third to die. And it kind of is relevant in a couple ways. First of all, this is a serial killer story. Not a typical serial killer. At least, hopefully, it's not. And he kills three people, three random people, every three days apart every three years. And so the book starts with the first victim. You know, the first victim is dead. But it's really who is going to be the third to die is really what the – it's kind of a, a double meaning. And once you read it, you kind of understand, oh, I get it now. So it actually was when we came up with the title, we were like going, how did we not see that from the very beginning? It is so good. So, <laughs> so, so real quick, yeah. so real quick, so how long – so when the book starts, how long has the serial killer been at it? He's had two cycles. So he had two okay. cycles where he killed three people, but they didn't connect the crimes until the end of the second cycle. And then he disappeared okay. for three years. So and now all of a sudden, here, boom, pops back up again, and it's like, here we go again, and we only got him for two more times, and then he's out. Exactly. And, but the nice thing about this particular one is because they were able to connect those other crimes, as mm-hmm. soon as this victim dropped they were able to connect it to his previous crime. So they were able to send my task force out there. And one of the things, I have a lot of friends in the FBI, went through the FBI Citizens Academy and everything, and they don't have a mobile response team, but they do have groups of experts that will do different things that, that are all based out in D.C. Like they have the hostage rescue, or, and they call it something different now. Um, you know, they have the behavioral science unit. They have all these kind of a specialized units. So I said, well, okay, they don't have a mobile response team, but I can make it up and make it plausible. So I have them focusing on rural and underserved communities, you know, places where you're not going to have the state-of-the-art forensic capabilities. You're not going to have maybe, you know, a lot of law enforcement that have experience in these kind of crimes. So my team can go in there and help them. So the first one is set up in Jeff's neck of the woods, Liberty Lake, Washington, which is outside Ooh. Spokane. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and where I grew up. Very, is it? I grew up in Spokane. You grew up yeah. there? Really? Yeah. So I, yeah. I've been and to I Spokane escaped. a couple of times. <laughs> yeah, he got out. So we know <laughs> Jeff wasn't the first two to die. We know that for sure. <laughs> you know well, where Liberty Lake is. And it's this little teeny um, community outside Spokane, which is not exactly a big metropolitan area either so (laughs) right so that's kind of how I picked it I said you know what I like writing about different places so if I can move my characters around that makes me happy but I'm still going to have the same core group of characters which hopefully will make my readers happy now when when you when you when you're doing the time game so you know that you have a certain time that you know you have to catch them, where there's a lot of serial killers where there's not a certain amount of time. You're just trying to catch them before he kills more people. But this time you know you have a time when this is it. Was that harder for you to kind of keep that pace because you know you had to keep it going really fast because you're up against the clock? Actually, it 
in some ways it made it easier for me because I did have a timeline and because I don't plot it I I think what I would say that by not having to me it's not as contrived because if the if the killer can kill at any time for any reason and maybe it's just targeting you know blonde women or you know uh, dark haired men or whatever it happens to be this killer appears to be killing randomly now, of course, it's not, no serial killer kills randomly. So eventually they're going to figure it out, but it doesn't make any sense to them at first. And that's what's kind of fun sure. is figuring all of that out with my characters and having right. essentially what is the best of the best coming in and pooling their resources and being able to figure out, first of all, how is he picking his victims? And once they can figure that out, then hopefully they'll be able to stop because in every single case, the third victim in the group of three is always a cop. So to them, it's very personal. And that, to me, is I love that kind of personal thing that they know that one of their own might be next if they don't figure this out. So that, that made it kind of fun and exciting. And I would say I didn't have it all figured out until I got to about um, probably three-fourths into the book, and That's then cool. it kind of came clear to me. Ooh. I love it when that thing happens. <laughs> Uh, yeah, why you know, do you think re- uh, why do you think readers enjoy books about serial killers so much? And I'm curious how you, since you write about them frequently, how do you keep it fresh and original for yourself? Um, I didn't write. I wrote started writing with serial killers, and then I kind of went away with it in my Lucy Kincaid series. Most of them, I mean, I might have had a couple of serial killers in there, but it wasn't they were usually had other motives. It wasn't like a traditional serial killer. So when I came up with this idea, I wanted to do something that going back to my roots, but also that was new and different. I think readers, because one, it is scary. Anytime anybody, it's a random crime, it's terrifying because you never know when it's going to happen. So you have that automatic fear. And then to have really strong uh law enforcement protagonist and a strong cast of characters to that combat that what is essentially evil. I think it's just the natural universal theme, good versus evil. And I think mm-hmm. people love that. I do. I mean it's kind of never get like old. Superhero movies. I, it doesn't yeah. get old. No, it doesn't mm-hmm. get old. And so you know, why do we like superhero movies? And why do crime shows do so well? I'm watching The Prodigal Son. I don't know if any, either of you watched it. Uh, Shannon um, started to watch it, but then she stopped. So, Well, it's to me, even though the crimes are kind of common and we've seen a lot of the, the basic, you know, the crime of the week before, those characters are so good. And that's what makes the show compelling. And that's what I want to do with my books is that, there's only so many crimes you can write about. There's only so many twists and turns that you can have in a story without readers going, okay, that's totally not believable. But the reason why they come back is because of your characters. And if I can have a really kind of a scary but compelling crime story, that's great. But what's going to make the readers come back is because they really want to know what's going to happen to my characters. Are they going to solve this crime? Are they going to survive? Are they going to get over whatever it is that is troubling them at the time, you know. And I think that's why readers come back. And that's why they like the scary 
stories. Yeah. Plus, I don't, in my, the very, very first book I ever wrote that came out in 2005, I made it clear to my readers that anybody is in jeopardy, even if you like the character. And I'm trying to keep that. So not every book, nobody popular is going to die in every book, obviously, but I don't want any reader to think, okay, that person is totally safe. Because they think it's fun that way. They really think that somebody could be in jeopardy. I just, it just hit me. So next year, you're going to be coming out just 15 years. Yeah, gosh, it, I, you know I still feel fifteen so years. <laughs> yeah, wow. Thank you for making me feel old. Yeah, no, I think that I mean <laughs> that, that. that's cool. <laughs> you know, I, you know, hey, I'm forty nine, so I'm probably the. I think am I the young, me, That is so not fair. Am I the I youngest turned, one? I just turned fifty Probably. this year. Oh, you just turned fifty. Older. Yeah. Thank you. And what I'm are you, Jeff? Thanks. I'm fifty three. 53, yeah. So I'm the youngest. Wow, see? Yeah, I turned 50 <laughs> next year. Okay, stop uh-huh. voting. <laughs> yeah. But we're about the same age. I mean, Allison and I, we're pretty much the same age. I've got to get my walker. Hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you might. Make sure you get fresh tennis balls so they scoot good. Yeah. But, yeah, so 15 years. I mean, when you started out, I mean, did you think that you would be a uh, – I mean, March 31st, 2020 is Lucy Kincaid number 16. Yeah. I mean... I know, I wasn't expecting that many. Yeah. I mean, really, so when you started out, I mean, when you said in 2005 and you sold your first book, I mean, honestly, what what was your honest, realistic goal that you were hoping for in this career? Um, Well, my first goal was to be able to write full-time, which I was very lucky to achieve early on. So that, that was my primary goal. Um, and then my next one was just to get the next contract. You know, I want to get the next contract so I can write more books. And I'll, I'll say, when I first started, um, I was really afraid I wasn't going to have any more ideas. You know, the first couple of books I had, I'm like, going, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to come up with another idea like this? And then I'd come up with one more idea. And I said, okay, I got another idea. One more book, yay. And then I was thinking, how am I going to come up with another idea? And that lasted probably... <laughs> seven or eight books, and then I was more worried about when are the ideas going to stop, but I don't want to jinx it. So I do tend to have a lot of ideas, and not all of them are good. And fortunately, I have people that will tell me, no, that idea really sucks. Don't write that. That's really stupid. Um, But I've been very, very blessed. And that's what I really wanted, is just to have a career in writing. I wanted to be able to just write for a living, and I've been able to do that. And so I, I feel very lucky in that regard. Nice. Well, you, you mentioned character earlier and writing all these books. Um, I'm curious, what surprised you the most over time about writing for Lucy Kincaid? What surprised me most was Lucy. Um, yeah, you've written some, you've written, you know, you're going to be on number 16. Yeah, I'm actually writing number 17 now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, because number 17 comes out in November. Um, I think with – I originally conceived Lucy to be a trilogy. So the first three books kind of have a story arc in the first three books. And then when I changed publishers, they wanted three more Lucys. And I said, okay, I could write another trilogy. And so I kind of came up with a 
three-book story arc as she goes through the FBI Academy. And so that's kind of how I, I envision Lucy as, Lucy as like, it's kind of like cyclical. So the first three books is her getting into the Academy and also overcoming a lot of her past issues. The next three books are her going through the Academy, which was a lot of fun because I got to tour Quantico. I got to do a lot of things that I've always wanted to do. Um, and then now she's an agent. So I think with her, it's just kind of watching her grow over this time. There's only been three years, three story years, even though I've written them since 2011. But only three story years have passed. So I've been able to watch her grow and become a stronger, more confident uh, law enforcement agent. Yeah. And that's been kind of fun. That's been fun for me. But I didn't, ex- I didn't quite expect it. Um, I've always said that if I don't have a good idea, I'm just not going to write it anymore. I, didn't, I thought this, this number 16 was going to be the last one, and then I had one more idea. So actually I only saw one book for the uh-huh. November book. Because, well, I don't know if I'm going to have an idea after this, but this idea I really, really like. Nice. Lucy arrested this psychopath, this really young psychopath, <laughs> several books ago. And I realized in the story world, she was going to be 18 and released from juvenile hall. And I go, oh, my gosh, she is going to make such a great villain. So then all of a sudden, the story idea just popped in my head, and I said, okay, I want to write this story. And that's, I think, how Lucy is going to be from now on. If I have an idea, I'm going to write it. If I don't have an idea, I'm not. Okay. That, that makes sense. Because I think once sense, you yeah. get to this many books, once you get to 17 books in a series – you have to have something a little bit new and fresh, otherwise... Yeah, you want to keep the quality and don't worry about the quantity. Yeah, exactly. And, I, you know, and, you, and we all know that there's series that just worry about the quantity and the quality has you know, been going downhill or whatever. I mean, they're out there. We all know that. Yeah, and I, I hope never to do that. I, Mariah Stewart, um, she was with my publisher. Um, I remember, yeah, I remember. Yeah, Marty, she is fabulous and I absolutely love her. She started with romantic suspense, and now she's writing women's fiction. And she kind of mentored me early in my career. And I was, I remember when her 20th book came out, and I sent her an email, and I said, wow, I can't wait till I have 20 books. I was writing my seventh book at the time. I said, I can't wait, and when it's going to be so much easier. <laughs> she actually <laughs> called me up as soon as she read that email. She called me on the phone, and she goes, honey, it never gets easier. And I wanted to say, F you, but I didn't because she's too sweet to do that. But she's right. It doesn't because what she told me then was the best advice I've ever had from another author is that you are always going to try to make your next book better than your last. And right. sometimes that's really hard because yeah. you're thinking you finish a book and like when I finished The Third to Die, I knew it was good. And I finished it and I'm like going, I'm never going to be able to write another book that good. Right. And then I like, you know, so I was so happy when I finished it and I knew I had this great story and these great characters. And then I'm like going, oh, shit, I'm never going to be able to do that again. How am I ever going to be that good? And then, you know, hopefully my next book, which I, I turned in in October to my editor, the second book in the series, hopefully she's going to say, okay, this really doesn't suck and we're going to fix all the problems. That's all I, you know, she, she, I have a new editor because yeah. I moved the series. This series I sold to Mira. So Lucy's still with St. Martin's, and this series is with Mira. Um, well, you, well no, you're that band. You're that band that grew. You're that band that started out, you know, with a with, with great first album, but then just got much better. They kept going along. 
I hope and so. Still, and still rocking. I like that. <laughs> I like it too, and I hope that's true. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Uh, r- real quick, um, because unfortunately I need to leave, but I have one last quick question for you real quick. Um, uh-huh. Do you see at some point sort of like what you see a lot of uh, sci-fi authors do where they have a lot of different series going on and then they sort of, they're all part of one giant universe, so you have like crossovers like Lucy might show up in the mobile unit and that sort of, sort of thing? I don't think Lucy is going to come into the mobile unit. I kind of built a different structure in that world, even though it is the FBI. Um, but I did merge my other two series, Lucy and Maxine Revere. So I have five mm-hmm. books in the Maxine Revere series and going on 17 and Lucy. Lucy went into one of Max's books and Max is in Lucy number 16. So okay. I kind of, I kind of, I wouldn't say I merged the two series, but now they're all part of the same universe. Um, I think I'm going to keep the mobile response team completely distinct. Now I gotcha. do have an idea. I have an idea for uh, I don't won't call it a spin-off per se, but there's a character from the Lucy series that I really want to write about. And so I may write that book as a standalone or as a separate trilogy um, because I like the character so much and I really, 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 really want to know what happens to her. <laughs> so if I want to know what happens to her, I'm hoping that the readers also want to know what happens to her. So that would be kind of a little bit of a spin-off. Oh, that's but great. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, thank you, and um, you guys keep talking, and uh, Allison, it's always great. So have fun, yeah. and good luck with this one. Great. I look forward to seeing you soon. Maybe oh, absolutely. Time. Yeah, yeah. All right. You got to do cool, it. Cool, Jeff, man. You have a good one. Right. Thanks. You too. All right, bye. So, so, Allison, so what are you watching on TV? Like, we, like you mentioned TV that you're watching Prodigal Son. I'm going to tell you, I watch four things. I'm such a boring person. If it's not live sports, I watch four things. The Mandalorian. I love that show. Okay, don't, don't you, talk you, to me about it. I'm going to watch it now that my son's back from college. Okay, good. I was okay. waiting for Luke to get back from college. Live PD. Love Live PD. Never seen it. Oh, my God. You've got to watch A&E. It's on A&E on Friday and Saturday night, Live PD. It's okay, cops, love except it's live, basically. Okay. Uh, you'll be amazed how many people drive with no license and have meth in the car on routine traffic stops. I mean, you'll be amazed. Because no, it's live, so it's happening that night. Now, it's probably delayed about an hour or so, so if anything really crazy happens and somebody gets killed, they're not going to show it on TV. But it's basically live. Okay, i got to go watch that. That sounds good. Yeah. Oh, my God. Doug, uh, Doug Lyle tapes it, and we go over to his house, and we just sit there, and we crack up watching the damn thing. It's freaking hilarious. I mean, okay. you'll be amazed. And they, what it is is that they're in 12 different cities around the United States at simultaneously. So if anything is happening or going on, they just go and they switch to it. And they're like, oh, we're going to go to Pascal County, Florida, and blah, 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 is chasing somebody or this and that. Oh, yeah, and so you're seeing live what's happening. Okay, I have to see that. That sounds yeah. great. So A&E, Friday night and Saturday night. And they also have, like, other shows, like they have, like, Live PD Rescue and stuff like that, if you catch it, but it's all on A&E. So you just start char- start looking tomorrow, and you'll start seeing it on there around, like, okay. 7 o'clock, 6, 7 o'clock. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then and so the other thing see- is then I watch Food Network. I like Food Network. <laughs> and the fourth thing is ridiculousness. I can't get enough of that fucking show. I love that show. Is that the title of the show? 
Ridiculousness? Yeah. What it is is basically America's Funniest Home Videos, more modern style, on MTV. And it okay. is hilarious. Because so, watching, uh, for me, like this is why I like Life PD, watching stupid never gets old. <laughs> never gets old. <laughs> okay, I, now you sold me on Live PD. I don't really watch the Food Network much. Sometimes when they have reruns, like I, there was this one called, I think it was called Chopped or something that was kind uh-huh. of fun. Um, yeah. That we watched. Well, you know, well, real quick, and I believe someone told me this, R.L. Stein's daughter, she won Chopped. So she's a chef. So that's why when the board and Thriller Fest I go, and I think she cooks for them. Oh. Or she has cooked for them before. But, yeah, she's a chef. She's won Chopped. So I think somebody, okay. one, of the, one of the board members told me that. I forget which one, but I, I remember hearing that. Okay. Well, I um, So I, Prodigal Son is the show that I started this year. That's the yeah. one I really, really like. And I, I like it because of the characters. And I, I will watch. I cannot wait. We just had the mid-season finale, and I cannot cool. wait until it comes back. Um, I used to love Arrow, but it, I kind of don't yeah. love it anymore. I actually watched the first two seasons of that, and then it just got too CW for me. Well, I watched the, the first five seasons were great. Okay. Last, the six and seven I just could not get into at all. Yeah. But now I have to get caught up because of the five-part um, crossover, <laughs> the Crisis of Infinite Earths or whatever it's called. I have it all recorded now. Okay. So, but the one show... Wait, they're going, into, they're going into Crisis? That's where yeah. they're headed? Oh, yeah. my God. That was one of the worst storylines that they did. Well, it actually... So it's primarily based with Flash. And Flash is actually... It has ups and downs. It's not my favorite. I never watched that show either. Was that good? Yeah. We like it. Oh. It's not my okay. favorite. I liked Arrow be- much better. Have you seen the Catwoman one? That one looked interesting. Batwoman? No, Batwoman. Not Batwoman. No, yeah. I did not get into it. Okay. I did not get into it. I and did watch Gotham I for like the first two seasons, loved. and then I got bored with oh. that. No, loved it. All four seasons. No, the fifth season that they truncated with only like 13 episodes, that oh. wasn't as good, but I loved Gotham. I and did watch I Elementary. Watched, I watched all the Elementaries. I didn't. I saw some of them. Yeah. So I just like that kind of character. Yes. Now the, the characters that was pretty good. I think yeah. one of the things. Anna, did you ever watch Killjoys? Which one? See, because you Killjoys. You like these quirky kind of. It's Sci-Fi Network. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I didn't really watch anything off Sci-Fi. I, I've never heard of that one. Okay, it's good. It's science fiction. Okay. It's science fiction, but it's really it's smart science fiction. I think you I think you would like it. I liked it. It's okay. um, the fifth and final season right now. I haven't started it yet. I think you one know, of the things that Netflix has done really really well is that they know why people watch television and why people binge, mm-hmm. and because it is all about character. So when they have shows like Stranger Things, that did you watch that? I watched. I watched like the first three episodes of the first season and then I forgot about it. Okay. Because <laughs> I can't I binge watch it. See, I can why watch I maybe two episodes and then I'm done and then I have to remember to go back. Okay. So I like that, that kind of format because okay. they did it so well 
the show was great. The acting was great. It was original. It was fun. It, yeah, I thought it was good. I just got to remember to go back and watch it. You do, because it is great. It is really, really a great okay. series. And then the other show that I just finished was Jack Ryan, which I okay. really enjoyed. I watched the first season of that, and then I just kind of was like, eh, same old same. Um, I think the second season was in some ways better because it was huh. a little bit more immediate. I okay. enjoyed it. Okay. Um, and it's only eight episodes. See, I think that's the other thing that the binge television, these yeah. things that they've done so well, is that they have a finite number of episodes. The other one True. I absolutely loved was Mindhunters. Uh, I know that one, but I didn't watch it. I've heard of it, but I didn't watch that one. Yeah. It's about the founding of the FBI Behavioral Science Unit. Mm-hmm. Really yeah. good stuff. So I think that's kind of what I more gravitate to. I'm not yeah. into sitcoms or anything no, like that. No, not into anything like that. Yeah, so... None of that. Anyway, but now I'm going to watch... And you know what? Things. And I don't think that there's a lot of them on anymore. I, I see a lot more, you know, more dramas, I think, than anything else. Oh, I still think there's sitcoms. I know my Are there? Friends, Maybe my I'm just not watching right? a lot of network TV to see the commercials. <laughs> I don't watch much network either, but my, yeah. my boys... They watch South Park, and they've watched it for years. Oh, God. And I do. I still watch. I mean, with the oh. Disney app, I'm watching The Simpsons again. <laughs> I haven't seen that in years. <laughs> they got every single episode ever done on there because they own it now. Yeah, that wasn't, that's not my kind of humor. I know, but it's just some of them is just, you know, some of them are whatever, but, man, there are some funny episodes in there. They really did yeah. some funny things with, I mean, there was just some funny episodes it just it makes you just laugh out loud sometimes. Yeah, well, I, I can listen to my boys laughing out yeah. loud at South yeah. Park. So <laughs> South Park was funny too, you know. And South Park had some really weird episodes, but then then I'll tell you when they because I play World of Warcraft when they did that episode was hilarious, and then the one they did about the Lord of the Rings was hilarious. Those were my two absolute favorite episodes that they ever done. I'm sure I'm, I'll ask my boys about them. Oh, if you haven't watched it, you just, I mean, they're hilarious because yeah, they I are so true, especially if you play World of Warcraft. It's just like so true. And then the Lord of the Rings one is just, it's just so funny. <laughs> it's just so funny. It's just, it's so funny. I mean, just because you watch the Lord of the Rings. So when you watch oh, it, yeah. it's just hilarious. It's just, you, just, you have to just watch it. I'm telling you, it's well worth it. It's not even that okay. dirty. It's not like it's a dirty one like that. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just funny. But, man, but you are busy. Absolutely. Three books. I'm telling you. Yeah. It's a lot of typing. Well, That's a lot of thinking. I, yeah, well, I, like I said, I do it full time. And I try to, I mean, I procrastinate a lot. But yeah. I put but do you take some downtime? I mean, I mean, how much downtime do you think throughout the year you get? Two months? Maybe not that much. This year I did. I took a whole month off, and I've never taken a month off. Did you take a vacation? Did you actually take a no. vacation and get out for a little bit? No, I moved. Oh. I moved from oh, California shoot. to Arizona, and what I had to last, pack up my What was house. your last good vacation? Um, usually my vacations revolve around writing conferences. Okay. So it's been a while because I was going to go to Thriller Fest last year, but I couldn't, no, okay. because of the move. 
And then the year. And New York's a nice little vacation, even if you go to Thriller Fest. Yeah, I love Thriller Fest, and I usually go and we'll stay a couple extra days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I like New York and just hanging out and going to, you know, see a theater yeah. production or something like that. So, or hopefully the I, baseball games are there. You can catch a game. <laughs> next we year. We talked about that for 20 minutes before we even got on the air. <laughs> I know, and that's why Jeff had to go. because I know, because we over-talked. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, go to bed. Go ahead. No. But he had company <laughs> coming over. Yeah, so I will, um, you know, I don't, do a lot of vacations, I think. Uh, yeah. I took uh, my kids to Disneyland last year. Oh, so you came down here to a... you came down here to L.A. Yep. Um, Did you go to both parks? We just went to Disney last Friday, actually. Shannon and I went uh, alone to go to see the uh, holiday decorations. Well, you guys can get the discounted tickets because you know you're from L.A. Well, what we actually get is a better thing: is that my daughter. And her husband, because he is military, too, because he's in the National Guard. Um, so they get a military rate. So what they do is, is that you get a – you buy the pass in January. So you go, like, January, February, and it's a three-day pass you can use throughout the entire year for both parks. And it's $189 a person, military rate. So that's what you wow. do. Yeah. Well, that's good to know. So that's what we did. So we did that, and we went in February with our granddaughter, and then we waited again all the way until October to see the – um, Halloween decorations, and then with her again, and then Shannon and I just went back by ourselves, and we went to see the Christmas decorations, and then we spent the night down there so we could stay longer, um, and it was kind of a miserable night. It was raining, it was cold, but um, we were able to see the fireworks right from our hotel, so we just stood on the balcony, we could see all the fireworks, and we were looking like right down onto the castle. So you couldn't really hear it, but you could see it. Yeah, well, and so what we do, our tradition is when the kid, when one of our kids, you know, I have five kids. So when one of them mm-hmm. turns 16, they get a trip with their best friend to Disneyland. So nice. I do the girls and Dan does the boys. And so this year it was Mary. She turned 16. So actually it was this year we went to Disneyland. It was in April. Yeah. So she turned did you stay on the property? No, we did that once. So the first time I hit the New York Times list, I splurged. And we, all of us, and when my youngest at the time was almost three, we stayed at the Disneyland Hotel. And that was expensive, but so much fun. The but Disneyland Resort one, right? The one that's like right where Disney... No, not the um, American, the classic one, the original. Right, yeah, the, the one American, where you have yeah. to walk through um, the, the, Disney, like the Disney area first before you even get to the park. No, just no. The, Disney, the original Disneyland hotel. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Because that's the one we saw, and then and so when you come out of the hotel, you're walking right onto Disney's property. Yeah, Maybe. it's the yeah, yeah. It has like the blue windows, and it's it's the Disneyland hotel right there. It's yeah. the classic so one. We, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we did that. That was in 2007, and that yep. was the only time we stayed on the property because, um, you know, it was a special time. The first time yeah. I hit. My daughter just stayed at the at the one on the property. They have three now. Yeah. So yeah. she stayed well, on one. It's expensive, but you know yeah. you don't you but don't they do it, it often. No. But you do it every once in a while for a special occasion. So that was fun. yeah. I mean they're like five hundred yeah. bucks a room. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we didn't pay that much. We had a suite. We stayed um, three nights and four days. We got a three day pass because I had little kids at the time, and I didn't want to have to. You know, I wanted to be able to go back to the hotel yeah. and relax. Sure. Um, so we did a three-day pass, 
in three nights, and I think it was $1,500, but we had a suite. But that yeah. was, again, more than 10 years ago. Sure. Um, and that was a splurge. That was our big treat. And then nice. usually, because with five kids, you have to kind of think, oh, what are we going to do for a vacation that isn't going to, like, be, you know, $300 airline tickets for per person? So exactly. we'll usually, like, go to, like, Tahoe or something. And if you rent a cabin, it's usually reasonable because you, know, you could fit all the kids in the cabin. <laughs> true, true, true. So, so, yeah. hey, um, so com is the best place for everyone to find out about you, right? Yes, and um, there's an excerpt for The Third to Die up there. And also, if um, you know, sign up for my newsletter, I give away things to newsletter subscribers every once in a while, like quarterly, usually books, but um, sometimes books other things. Books are nice. Books are yep. nice. Hey, free books are always nice. Especially if you sign them. <laughs> yes, and I do sign anything that people win through my website. Yeah, And I will be doing some signings um, so people, I just don't have them totally scheduled yet, but I'll be in Houston. I will be in Orange County. Um, oh, nice. Sort of close to you, but not totally close to you. Right. And I'll be in, um, where else? Oh, obviously here in Phoenix. In Phoenix, Scottsdale. yeah. Poison pen, and I'm maybe sure. a couple other places. So when yeah. I get that finalized, that'll be on the website too. Nice. All right, Allison. Well, you have a great one. Um, it is always a pleasure to talk to you. And so, actually, we'll say both books here. So, the third to die is the one that's coming out in February, and then Cut and Run is Lucy Kincaid book sixteen, which we were talking about just a little bit. That comes out the end of March twenty twenty. So, and then yeah. you have the seventeen is coming out in November. So, there you go. <laughs> well, thank you. Absolutely. All right, so we will talk with you soon. You have a great one. You too. Bye. All right, bye-bye.